This is Positively Farming Media. Welcome back, my gardening friends, to another episode of Just Grow Something. Thank you so much for being here for another week. And if you're new here, thanks for joining us. We're here every Tuesday and most Fridays, except last week. I took an unexpected week off. And that's because we're desperately trying to get garden beds prepped and fall crops into the ground. And that's what we're talking about today. If you're somewhere where Mother Nature is currently trying to cook you, what do you do to prepare and transplant crops that maybe prefer weather closer to Arctic temperatures rather than surface of the sun temperatures? Do you wait? Do you forge ahead and just keep your fingers crossed? Today we'll talk about how to mitigate the heat when trying to transplant fall crops, including the reason why I actually didn't get any of my plants in the ground last week, and instead I am transplanting now when it's even hotter. Our heat index yesterday was 125 Fahrenheit, and I'm not worried about my plants. We'll talk about why that is. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen, and I started gardening 18 years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard. When we moved to a five-acre homestead, I expanded that garden to half an acre, and I found such joy and purpose in feeding my family and friends. This newfound love for digging in the dirt and providing for others prompted my husband and I to grow our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm. When I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, I discovered there is so much power in food, and I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. On this podcast, we explore crop information, soil health, pests and diseases, plant nutrition, our own nutrition, and so much more in the world of food and gardening. So grab your garden journal and a cup of coffee and get ready to just grow something. Before we dig into transplanting in the heat, I want to read the most recent five-star rating and review for this podcast. This comes from Lift Your Life with Laura via Apple Podcasts and is titled The Best Out There. Laura says, this is the best gardening podcast out there. Karen is so knowledgeable, but also so welcoming and makes you feel like you have so much power during your garden journey. Well, thank you so much for that, Laura. It's important for me that people feel welcomed on their gardening journey, no matter how inexperienced they may be or how long they've been gardening. I know I can get a bit sciency or even repetitive about certain points at certain times. And so I hope that that translates into the fact that I really just want every single one of us to have the best information available so we can have the most success in our gardens. So I'm glad that's translating into being helpful and not preachy. <laughs> and I think this reviewer is actually the girly homesteader herself, Laura Millett. And if you missed it, I was recently a guest on Laura's podcast, which I will link to in the show notes. Thank you for that review, Laura. I really, really appreciate it. And I was also a guest on my friend Erica Linacek's podcast, The Rural Mindset, which I will also link to in the show notes. These were both both fun conversations, the one with Laura being a little bit about my background and much more about specific gardening techniques, where the conversation with Erica was definitely more my background, how I got to be doing what I'm doing, and lots of stuff that I've never even talked about on my own show. So I encourage you all to go over and take a listen to both of those. 
Okay, we've talked a bunch of times about timing when to start your fall transplants indoors based on frost dates and Persephone period, taking decreasing daylight into consideration, et cetera, et cetera. So I will link to some episodes and articles in the show description for you to peruse on that topic at your leisure. And don't forget, if you're on my email list, you'll get these links automatically each week when the new episodes come out, so you don't have to remember to go back and look for them. I don't know about you, but I am never sitting at my desk taking notes when I'm listening to podcasts. I'm usually in the gardens or on a run or in the gym or making farm deliveries. And so I appreciate the show notes being sent to me for the podcasts that I really want to look at the reference materials for. You can jump on my email list by heading to my website. That's also where you can find the full show notes and the articles and links to the few YouTube videos that I've managed to get up there this season. So we're not focusing on the seed starting portion of this today. We're just going to focus on what you can do when the weather conditions are not conducive for transplanting your fall crops. In most cases, with the exception of my more northern gardeners here in the northern hemisphere, most of us are dealing with extremely hot temperatures right at the same time that we're supposed to be transplanting crops that typically like cooler weather. Now, for some of you in really hot climates, this might mean what you're planting for a fall harvest is what we would typically grow here in the summer, like tomatoes, for example. If you're in a more temperate climate like I am, though, this means crops that like cooler weather, like brassicas and leafy greens. In both cases, it may still be blazing hot where you are, and that doesn't seem like a good time to transplant either of those. There are steps we can take to prepare our plants before transplanting and things to do during the transplant period that will make sure that these crops go in on time so we can get them to maturity before our first frost or before our Persephone period. And if you are a cooler climate gardener, I do have tips for you too. I know your situation is a little different in that your temperatures can fluctuate wildly at this time of the year. I mean, Saskatoon, I think I saw you guys are like 18 Celsius one day and then like 31 Celsius a couple days later. And Minneapolis, you guys too, 79 degrees Fahrenheit one day, 99 degrees Fahrenheit two days later. So what you try to do in your fall garden might be a little different, especially since your first frost hits so much sooner. But many of the techniques I'm going to talk about will still pertain to you with the caveat that not only might you be dodging some warm temperatures, but you'll need to have your frost protection measures at the ready sooner rather than later, and that's something else we'll talk about here in a couple of weeks. And really quick, we're talking transplants on this episode. The timing for planting seeds for fall directly in the garden can absolutely vary depending on your location and the specific plants that you want to grow. That timing is going to be based a lot more on your soil temperatures rather than your air temperatures, and I'll link to some resources for that discussion in the show notes as well. So transplanting cool weather crops in hot weather can be challenging because these plants are more sensitive to those high temperatures. But we often don't have a choice of when to plant them because we have a limited window of time to get them to maturity. If you need to transplant and the weather is unusually warm, here are nine steps to increase the chances of successful transplantation. Ready? Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Number one, hardening off. Make sure that your seedlings have been properly hardened off before transplanting. Now, this involves gradually acclimating them to the outdoor weather conditions, which can help them to withstand those temperature variations. We talk about this a lot in spring transplants, but it is just as important for summer transplants too. Try to take at least a week to do this if your plants have been grown indoors. Two weeks if you can manage it. This also goes from any seedlings that you are buying that are coming from the nursery. Now, this is why ours didn't actually go in last week. They were not ready. I had started seedlings in the greenhouse. We had a critter get in that ate some of the seedlings. I had to actually get some replacements from a local nursery. And when I went to go pick them, up, I knew that they had not been hardened off. They were coming directly out of the greenhouse. So I wasn't going to take the chance and go ahead and put those directly into the garden. I have taken this past week to harden those transplants off and get them ready to go in the ground this week. Now, hardening off is going to reduce the growth rate of the plant just a little bit, which is good because smaller plants are more likely to recover more quickly from transplant than the larger ones. And hardening off is also going to thicken up the cuticle and the waxy layers of the plant and increase its level of carbohydrates. So this is going to make the plant less susceptible to those environmental stressors and it triggers more rapid root development after they are transplanted compared to non-hardened off plants. So you do this by starting with early morning sun, introducing more hours of that sun every single day until they can withstand the sun and the wind elements. Gradually introducing them this way is helping to strengthen that cuticle layer, which is also going to help them conserve moisture after transplanting. And speaking of moisture, we also want to allow these plants to dry out between waterings while we're hardening them off. It's okay for them to get a little wilty. I mean, we don't want them browning and drying out, but get them used to not looking for water to be readily available at all times. And this is going to acclimate them to drier conditions. This also decreases the size of the stomata. These are essentially the plant's pores that are responsible for transpiration. And it also increases the density of those stomata, which means that the leaf transpiration rate is going to be decreased, which is slowing down the amount of water that is lost. And it also improves the way that the plant is able to utilize the available water. So don't skip this step in the hardening off process, especially if you'll be transplanting into hot, dry weather. You also don't want to feed the plants while they're being hardened off until just prior to transplanting or maybe right at transplant time. We do not want to encourage a burst of growth until after they're actually in the garden. So do not feed your plants while they are in the hardening off phase. Now, step number two is preparation. We are going to prepare the transplant site in advance. You want to make sure that the garden soil is loosened up and it has been amended if necessary. 
adequately watered and check to make sure that it still has good drainage. Sometimes our garden soil can get a little compacted during the summer garden season, especially if we've been working with it a whole lot. So be sure that you have loosened it up after you have pulled any dead plants out of there or done any weeding and make sure that it is just appropriate for your fall plants to go in. Number three is watering. Water the soil really well before transplanting. Moist soil is going to help those plants establish their roots more quickly once you've got them transplanted. Now, we don't want to be transplanting into soggy or waterlogged soil because this is going to reduce the amount of airspace that's available in the soil, and that's where those plant roots are going to go um, as the plant is settling in. So you don't want them completely saturated, but you do want moisture to be available. And there's another trick to this that I'll talk about here in a minute that I absolutely swear by. But once we're ready to transplant, you want to make sure that you water all of your plants really, really thoroughly before bringing them out into the garden to plant. So when we come back, we'll talk about the actual transplanting process itself, the timing, the procedure, the water requirements, and that little hack that I was taught by an old farmer years and years ago when I first started growing on a larger scale. Step number four, choose the right time of day to transplant. You want to transplant during the cooler parts of the day when we are transplanting in late summer. Things, you know, timing like early morning or in late afternoon. We want to avoid transplanting during the hottest part of the day when the sun is at its peak. Now, most folks are going to recommend early morning, and I agree with this in the spring. But for late summer plantings, I go against this and I say late afternoon, preferably right around sunset. I go out there a couple of hours before the sun goes down. Now I know it is still hot, but the heat is waning at that point. And once you get the plants into the ground, this gives them about 10 to 12 hours to settle in before the sun comes up the next morning. And so they're doing that without having to battle the heat of the day. If you're planting first thing in the morning, then that plant is going to have to be immediately facing those hot rays of sun when they're actively trying to establish their roots. So they're sort of splitting their energy at that point. They're going to have to wilt down their leaves to conserve their moisture, and they're going to shut down processes to conserve their energy. So instead, if you plant them in the evening, that gives them time to settle in a little bit before they have to face those conditions. And then they're able to conserve their moisture for the next day when they do face that really hot sun. Number five is to dig proper holes. So when you're digging the holes for your transplants, you want to make sure that they are slightly larger than the root ball of the plant that's coming out of the pot. This is going to allow for easier root expansion. Make sure that the soil around that hole is also loose so the roots have somewhere to go. This goes along with not having that soil saturated. You want to have a little bit of airspace in there where those roots can expand to. Now, number six is watering in your transplants. After you're done transplanting, you want to make sure that you water those plants thoroughly. This is partly why transplanting in the evening can be beneficial because it gives the plants time to establish and hold on to that moisture without the stress of the immediate daytime heat. Now, 
here is the trick that I learned from an old timer years ago whose family grew all of their own food and who didn't have the ability to run water to their garden areas on a regular basis. And I have used this every year since I learned it and I swear by it, okay? After you dig your hole for your transplant and you add whatever amendments or compost that you need to to the hole, place your transplant in and then fill the hole completely with water. Yes, fill it, fill it to the top. I take five gallon buckets of water with me into the garden areas and a small watering can, and I use that to fill that planting hole to the top with water. Once that's done, I fill the soil in around the plant roots, mound up the soil on the top a little bit because it is gonna settle, and then I water again. This helps that soil to settle down around the roots and it reduces transplant shock. Now the plant has the moisture that was around the roots while it was in its little pot. It has the water that was in the hole at transplanting to help it get through the night and into the heat of the next day. And if you watered the garden soil while you were prepping the holes, those newly settled roots will be able to start reaching out to find water in the soil as the plant gets itself established. This is all extremely helpful when you have to transplant in the heat of the summer, especially if you have other things to be doing and you can't be out there babysitting your new little plants all day long. Trust me, I swear by this. I have not had a plant drown yet. Number seven is mulch. You know me, <laughs> it's all about the mulch. Apply a layer of organic mulch around the transplants, okay? This is gonna help conserve that moisture. It's gonna moderate that soil temperature. So it's gonna keep the root zone cooler, which is gonna help the plant overall. And then of course, it's gonna reduce the weed competition, which always comes in to try to suck that moisture away from our plants. So mulch, 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 right? Number eight is shade protection. Now, this is optional, obviously, and if you have the option, you could provide some temporary shade for the transplants during the hottest parts of the day, especially if you are in an unseasonably warm period. You can do this using shade cloth or row covers, or you can just improvise by leaning things up and over so that the hottest part of the day is blocked. Anything that will give your plants some protection protection from the hottest rays of the sun while they're settling in and while you're just waiting for the weather to cool down just a little bit. If you have a pop-up canopy or if you have um, a beach umbrella or something that you can just pop up out there during the day. Um, again, this isn't necessary in most instances, especially if you've properly prepared the soil and you have made sure there is plenty of water available. But if the temperatures get extreme, um, then this is something good to have on hand. And then finally, number nine is to monitor and adjust. Keep a close eye on your transplants during the first couple of days following the transplant. If you notice signs of stress, like excessive wilting that doesn't subside in the overnight hours, then provide more water or pop some shade up as needed. Now, don't mistake afternoon wilt with plant dehydration. Afternoon wilt is very, very common, even when it's not super, super hot. It's how the plants protect themselves from losing too much moisture during the heat of the day. The leaves will curl under to reduce the amount of surface area that ex is exposed. This is very obvious in large leafed plants like squash or cucumbers, but any broadleaf plant will do this. 
don't rush out there to water your plants at that point. We want the plants to do well, yes, but overwatering can actually cause more problems during their transition into the garden. So once the sun goes down, take a peek at those plants again. They should recover nicely once the heat is off of them. If they don't, then check your soil moisture levels and then water accordingly. Okay. After your plants have settled, you can reduce your watering schedule again. I am a big proponent of less frequent, more thorough waterings because they are better for the plant production and just better for overall plant resilience. So water deeply to about a six inch depth and then don't water again until the soil is dry at the two to three inch mark. Trust me, this is much better for the production of the plant and its ability to be able to seek out water on its own in the soil than watering more shallowly like every single day. Now, if your projected date to transplant coincides with incredibly unseasonably hot temperatures, you might consider delaying transplanting until the weather cools down a little bit. If you're in an area that has longer seasons, this might be an option for you. But if you have to transplant because of timing constraints, following the tips that we just covered can help mitigate the challenges of transplanting in hot weather and increase the likelihood of success establishment of your plants in the garden. Prepare your plants, prepare your soil, transplant at an appropriate time of day, water, mulch, use shade protection if necessary, and then monitor your plants and make adjustments where necessary. And don't forget, protect the gardener too. Don't just make sure that your plants are hydrated, make sure that you're staying hydrated too. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, where you can find all the episodes, show notes, articles, courses, newsletter sign-up, and more. I'd also love for you to head to Facebook and join our gardening community in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning and keep growing.